Welcome in a brand new clinical data management podcast with IBA. In the upcoming episodes, we'll bring you a sophisticated insight from various institutions that are involved in data management. Our guests are leading experts in data management, biotechnology, life sciences, and digital health. They'll share with you their experience, best practices, and maybe even more than that. Learn from the best. It's Clinical Data Management by IBA. This is the very first episode of our brand new podcast about the best practices in clinical data management. And we are beginning with a prominent expert in the field of biomedical engineering, a real scientist, a real researcher, Professor Ivo Provaznik. Welcome, Ivo. Ah, hi, Dan. Thank you for inviting me. Hi. Just to fill our listeners in some of your background, if I'm not wrong, you are a full professor in biomedical engineering, head of the Department of Biomedical Engineering and Brno University of Technology. And your publication record includes more than 70 papers in high-impact journals. And your papers have been cited more than 1060 times. This is an incredible number and congratulations on that. Oh, thank you very much. That's just the academic record. Oh, you're welcome. And really, this is incredible. Ivo, I have looked through your most cited works and I have to say that the topics are very diverse. From computer-aided drug design, it's pharma, right? To the use of artificial neural networks for sleep scoring, which I guess is neuroscience. And there are also lots of papers in physiology and in many other clinical fields, such as cardiology, etc. What's your favorite segment of medicine or even life sciences in general? Yeah, I thank you for the question. Maybe I should start with uh, my uh, very beginning because uh, I graduated at uh, electrical from electrical engineering. Uh, that was my uh, topic number one, and then I did my higher studies, the PhD, uh, aimed towards applications of technology in biomedicine and medical devices. And nowadays, uh, my R and D experience, my R R and D uh, focus uh, is to bioinformatics, bioengineering, and medical data science. And if you ask me what is my favorite. Yeah, that's uh, where I work uh, mostly, and this is uh, maybe uh, the cell and tissue engineering, which looks uh, quite far from uh, from uh, data science. But uh, even in this uh, field, we generate enormous amount of data, which needs to be analyzed, processed, and uh, by the data science uh, uh, tools. Okay, that sounds that sounds pro- promising for this podcast. And correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, you are not active only in academia or in science. You have also your own business, don't you? Oh yeah, um, that's a small startup uh, because um, being at, in academia, uh, you need also to focus on the possibility of transfer of your results to. Uh, to practice, to uh, to industry. So we had uh, several ideas and um, and the findings which we uh, were about to uh, promote in um, uh, to our uh, industrial partners. Uh, so yeah, uh, I did it with my friends uh, with a startup, um, and that's also my uh, 
my uh, part of my uh, career and my life. Interesting, interesting. Uh, okay, so let's go a little bit to the focus of our podcast, and this is the data management. What does that mean represent to you if I say data management? Uh, okay, uh, data management. I should start with what uh, people really usually consider, um, because uh, it's uh, usually considered as a really broad concept of uh, practice from collecting uh, data through keeping to using data. And uh, it uh, well, includes a number of tools and methods and even a whole uh, scientific fields. Uh, the aim of that is to uh, use the data securely, efficiently, cost-effectively, timely, a uh, number of other things. It depends on uh, where your business is focused on. Uh, well, the goals here are, according to, according to me, quite clear. Uh, it should help people for easier decision-making and uh, it should help organizations for easier data handling. Uh, well, if you have a, a data management strategy which is robust enough, it has uh, many benefits. And, uh, well, uh, you maybe know better than me that data in this digital economy data is a kind of capital it's yeah. it's an economic factor for production of digital services and uh it doesn't matter if we talk about contract research organization or academic research institutions uh all kind of these are uh, well, businesses they uh, need to produce uh, good digital services and results of for example data analysis so it's a capital for everybody and if you want to know my personal point of view i can see the data management in two layers the first one is quite traditional and uh, it is well mostly to access to data storing data availability of data ensuring privacy and security uh, etc but in the second layer in my, uh, in my view, the data management offers a quite solid opportunity for application of up-to-date technologies to improve quality of data and make the process of data analysis easier and faster. So, uh, for example, uh, we could talk about autonomous databases that use artificial intelligence tools, especially machine learning to automate many data management tasks that's very uh now we are in in the first layer but mm -hmm. uh, these tools can be used also in in the the second layer which is higher above that okay so i love the data is capital really uh going back to your background and multiple professions you must have had a chance to bump into clear and precise management of data you mentioned for example the handling and i think that you had to bump into it not only as an individual scientist but also as a manager of research teams and maybe also from the business point of view is that right oh yeah that that's <laughs> that's right bubble of it okay i'm a scientist, so, so I handle data every day. 
we collect data, analyze, but I'm also a manager and I need to uh, respond to many uh, require requirements of uh, my teams, teams at my department. Mm -hmm. And uh, believe it or not, uh, the requirements are uh, very broad. Uh, that's maybe uh, because of uh, the vast variety of data. Yeah, I can imagine that. So, and uh, maybe I hear, I wonder whether you perceive any differences in approaching the data from academia, from the research teams, and from the business, from the startup you mentioned. Is there any big differences in management of the data? Uh, you, you know what? It depends. If, if you talk about business like uh, organization or, or uh, company, uh, that offers uh, services to analyze data, or mm -hmm. if you are at academic uh, research team uh, that produces the data and also analyze the data. So uh, there are some differences, but uh, many aspects are uh, the same and maybe the most important aspects are are same for both. So let's, uh, well, let, let's talk about uh, a single team, a random team at my department, yeah. uh, where, where we have data from Internet of Things devices. Mm -hmm. These are uh, usually low in volume, uh, but uh, with high dynamics. And mm -hmm. uh, the data changes in your hands due to uh, various experimental circumstances and conditions you have. And uh, our task is to search for dynamic patterns to model processive, uh, processes of biological structures or an organism we study. And uh, these guys, they, uh, they generate data, okay? But uh, uh, after the data are stored, uh, they, uh, they can start the analysis, but they also need to uh, switch to the role of uh, data scientists because uh, the data need maintenance and they process the data and analyze the data repeatedly under different circumstances using different tools and so on. So that's uh, everyday life of, uh, of academic uh, research teams. And uh, yeah, it, it's uh, pretty much same like in, in uh, uh, companies delivering uh, digital services. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is the the academia is uh, usually the field where the data are collected. So that's something extra. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, I understand. So uh, let's stick with your role of uh, research team manager. You mentioned the single team at the Brno University of Technology. So being a principal investigator, a PI, I think you must also write the grants, write the projects. Are you always including a chapter or a work package on data management? Oh yeah, that's uh, if, you, if you are planning for a large uh, project, uh, that's absolutely necessary because mm -hmm. you can be sure that you will produce a lot of data. And uh, without that, without being prepared for uh, capturing, storing and maintenance of data, uh, at least this, uh, you would be lost. 
the problem is that uh, we uh, acquire data from multiple systems, and uh, we usually use uh, multiple data warehouses, uh, many unstructured data lakes uh, to store the data in in various formats. We usually use uh, single repos repositories, uh, uh, local ones, uh, with the help of uh, cloud computing and cloud storage. And uh, without planning that, you would be lost in in the middle of the uh, of the project. Uh, if it is a if it is a single task of a, a single team, yeah, you can do it with what we have right now. But for large projects. Uh, for long terms, this is which must be included in in uh, project proposals. I can believe this. This is really important, and uh, the data management has to be planned before each study or each project. You mentioned data lakes, repositories, data warehouses. Is there any specific tool uh, which you like, or which is your most favorite one? Yeah. Um... I have most favorite ones, but uh, in the same time, you touch a weak point of the teams uh, that are working in my department, uh -huh. uh, because uh, well, they are quite scattered in uh, in uh, in their focus, and they use uh, different types of uh, systems uh, to store the data and to maintain the data, uh, which which is uh, quite uh, which is not good for. Uh, whole institution and uh, with uh, usually uh, a low support from uh, IT management of the university, uh, you have to rely on your own. So uh, now we are in a, uh, in a process of uh, standardization and uh, working on this very technical part of data management because it is uh, quite crucial. As I mentioned, uh, we uh, need the data just after their acquisition. So there, there must be like collected and uh, stored uh, in the structures which are uh, which are appropriate for the following uh, for the following analysis. In the same time, we repeat the the um, the experimental part of our research after months or even years. So we are faced, uh, we faced uh, uh, the uh, comparison of data sometimes uh, managed in a different way, which is a, uh, well, it, it's a, it's not a good uh, uh, way how to, uh, how to treat the data. Uh, you know that better than me, of course. But, uh, well, this is where uh, we, uh, have to improve uh, the data management at my institution to uh, be uh, competitive first, but second, uh, to uh, keep our data uh, safe for future, uh, future research. Uh, any loss of data or any incompatibility uh, would cause that uh, our future research results uh, would not be useful. Yeah. Uh, I can imagine that this is also crucial for uh, uh, for the terms like open science today, and uh, also the the, the journals uh, wants to see all the data on which the research uh, was performed. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And uh, they also 
they are also interested in uh, uh, what quality uh, control we use uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, maintaining our data. So that's uh, well one of the most important factors which influences our work because, uh, well, of course, we need our data uh, to have some level of quality just to be uh, sure that the results uh, are uh, the results can be used for further research. But of course, we have to prove it because we are asked, what is the quality of our data? Yeah, the quality of data. Uh, this is exactly what I wanted to talk about. And thank you for, for mentioning this. Um, maybe I will have an ax to grind. And for very selfish reasons, I have to mention our EDC system, EDC Electronic Data Capture, a tool frequently used in clinical research and in clinical trials. This is maybe a little bit diverse from your work, but uh, is that important or rather marginal for you being a scientist in a biomedical engineering? Mm, it's definitely not marginal. And uh, maybe I should uh, add that uh, the data we use are usually microdimensional and uh, they uh, come from uh, multiple sources including uh, the, uh, the clinical data or data from electronic health records uh, to the data at the lowest level, uh, like uh, biosignals from a smartwatch, for example. Yeah. So we combine the data and uh, yeah, you, you touch it very, uh, very nicely. That's, that's what we solve every, every day because the quality control Availability of data and security, these are the most important factors uh, that influences our work. Yeah, if I can if I can comment on this more, I talk to people at conferences, people who were investigating the biological signals, medical images and uh, high dimensional data uh, you mentioned. Lots of them just thought that an EDC system is not important for them at all. But what I can see in our research databases are biomarkers or features extracted from the signals. And those biomarkers can be then captured through our CLADIS. Here I am selfish again. This is a product placement. CLADIS is our EDC system. You do not have to store all the raw signals, images, and matrices there, but uh, just the important parameters, features, and biomarkers, which are necessary for the objectives of the research questions. Would you agree with this? Uh, I would, uh, but I have to add something. Yeah. Uh, in, uh, in academia and in science, uh, we are uh, going towards uh, the open data uh, year uh, where we should uh, uh, share the raw data. Uh, but that's, the, uh, that's only one uh, point of view. And the mm -hmm. second one is, yeah, okay, uh, what we work with in, in future are the, the any markers or findings we extract from data. Mm -hmm. and we work with them and uh yeah we, we keep the raw data of course because we uh, uh we must be able to uh repeat the experiments uh with different tools for example but usually we, we work with uh only with the markers and the raw data are uh, uh shared or published uh for uh open data 
purposes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you mentioned open data, uh, uh, sorry, open science uh, and uh, storing, uh, storing the raw data and storing, let's say, the extracted parameters or biomarkers. So uh, can we uh, can we agree that this is the most important thing in data management for you being a scientist and PI? Uh, oh yeah, it has a, a very interesting history. You maybe remember that in the beginning of uh, uh, of uh, DNA uh, sequencing. Mm -hmm. uh, well, even uh, some DNAs of some uh, organisms uh, were patented, so, so they were uh, sort of uh, uh, private property. Uh, and uh, nowadays, uh, all these data from molecular biology, uh, they are open. So, so they, are, uh, they are widely and publicly available, which is good for science. And that's good for, for any advancement you, you should do. And uh, I think you, you can um, uh, comment this on the data in, uh, in pharma business, where the, uh, even a large pharma companies, they uh, share some of their data because they, they uh, feel that it's good for, uh, for future research and uh, results, even for their companies. So, so they don't uh, keep everything uh everything uh, private and uh in a closed not available databases yeah i can believe that um yeah the, the, that's that might be very important when uh, because also for the pharma companies they are often supported by by public money and in in that cases uh, i'm sure that the data must be open Anyway, we are coming maybe to the end of this podcast episode. Uh, we touched the data quality and forgive me being maybe too informal. Can we talk also about any fuck ups related to data in your science or even in your business activities? Mm. Oh, yes, yeah, sure. We can. <laughs> it would be <laughs> that's usual in, in science. Uh, many ways are. Uh, that has dead ends. So uh, I can maybe uh, mention one uh, not well prepared research, and mm -hmm. that's usually where. Uh, well, I work in in the uh, in the field of interdisciplinary science. Uh, I am originally biomedical engineer, and our uh, uh, collaborators are usually from life sciences, and. Uh, uh, we sometimes uh, get in touch just after the experiments were done. And that's too late uh, because in interesting manual research, you should be, uh, the whole team should be uh, influencing the project from the beginning. Uh, so the data scientists, they uh, should be able to, uh, well, to influence a uh, whole uh, a path of data through the project from the acquisition till the uh, results of analysis. But uh, uh, in the case, I, I would like to mention uh, some molecular biologists, they came to us and brought uh, well, DNA of some bacteria, 
uh, it was a family of bacteria and there there were um uh, uh, searching for some <clears throat> some mutations the problem was that they had something like 30000 samples each sample mm -hmm. uh was composed of uh, thousands of uh, uh of uh, uh individual information and there are dnas and believe it or not uh, all the data were uh, well stored in, in quotation database, and the database was the Excel sheet. So imagine oh, yeah. the Excel sheet with thirty thousand uh, rows full of data. And uh, these guys, uh, because they work without data scientists, they didn't know uh, anything about uh, capturing data, maintenance, storing uh, structures uh for uh for uh, data storing and they even called to uh microsoft help desk to uh find out if it is a possibility <laughs> to to increase the limit of thirty thousand rows in in the excel sheet so uh that was the case where we are not able to do anything with that because the data were stored uh, badly and uh, we didn't find any way how to uh, how to transfer the data and to process them. And so that's one example. Yeah. And was that, was that the dead end case? Because you mentioned dead ends, which yeah, sounds it was dead really... end. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, we had to uh, tell them that uh, we are not able to uh, continue the project mm -hmm. and uh, uh, because it needed redesign of whole uh, acquisition and uh, data storage uh to continue data and uh well in this case uh, a lot of work was well just uh, uh a lot of work was done but uh without uh, any useful uh product so yeah and probably yeah. thrown away yeah so yes yeah it looks like planning a research is not easy at all what a surprise <laughs> <laughs> well, what a surprise yeah. Well, Ivo, thank you very much for your time. It was really delightful to talk to you here. And uh, do you have anything to add to our listeners? Oh, yeah. Uh, thank you very much for inviting me. I'm very, very pleased to uh, be uh, a guest in your, uh, in your podcast. And I hope you will have a success with uh, other, uh, other podcasts. I, I think you have some, uh, some of them in your plan. So I will be uh, also pleased to uh, listen what uh, the other experts say uh, about this uh, topic. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we are very glad to have you in and many thanks to our listeners. And let's look forward to the next episodes with the upcoming guests. Uh, for example, Alexander Schacht from Frankfurt. We are going to touch a little bit more on data science applied in pharma. And I'm Daniel Schwarz, and this is a Clinical Data Management Best Practices podcast by IBA.